0: Yeah, so I look over and Chewbacca's got his red rocket out. <laughs> Ugh, that's disgusting. No, no, I'm talking about his spaceship. Oh, oh, okay. Hey, uh, by the way, we're rolling. Oh, all right. Well, let's roll. Well, I'm Rich. And I'm Mark. And we are Two, two guys, guys on, on Block Island. Island. I feel that breeze, it's blowing in off the sea.
1: All right, we're here today with a uh, friend of mine, Matt Michnovitz. Matt is a uh, a writer in Hollywood. He works on uh, television shows, and uh, he's a frequent visitor to Block Island as well. Maddie and I have known each other since I think what Matt seventh or eighth grade. Yeah, maybe even sixth. Maybe even sixth. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. Maddie, how's it going, man? It's good. You know, I I, I would do this for bivalves.
1: That's well, yeah. we'll get to bivalves. We <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> have plenty of questions regarding Lots of bivalve questions. Tons of them. Don't yeah. worry, we'll get to. It. But first, uh, tell our listeners, give us a little idea of. Um, Uh, what your connection to block island is uh how you started coming out here um and why why you keep coming
2: back fantastic questions you know i don't i can't tell you the first time i was out here I, i think it was when i was a child and we took like a family vacation or a family like day getaway on a boat that um i think my mother's boss actually had and uh I just remember pulling into the docks and, and seeing the island, and I was kind of fascinated by it. And then it wasn't until you guys moved out here sometime, right. I don't know, 60, 70 years ago? Yeah, I think our, our
1: friends from, came here yeah, to... 60, it was probably about 50, yeah. 60 years ago. Back in the 40s. Yeah, and... we, we came out on a tramp steamer, I believe. Yeah, yeah. it was great. Yeah, the tramp steamer, um, yeah. the old version. The old version. That ran on, yeah. Uh, yeah. Steam. <laughs> Steam yeah, powered. What do you, What's your memory of coming out here and visiting us and the crew? And, like, what did we used to do? I don't even remember. I, yeah, I mean, I remember...
2: And I get confused because there was a couple of Martha's Vineyard trips, too, that blur into that. And, uh-huh. and not to date myself, but as you get older, your memory gets a little fuzzier. Um, but I did take some Ginkgo biloba this morning, so. and it's oh, not a product endorsement. Um, I do remember <laughs> a couple of times coming over on like just like a 24-hour flash strike. Yes. You know, we've got a couple of buddies, DeMario, the Poggies, Simmons, Shea. Yeah, you know, the Simmons brothers. The, the Meilu brothers. VNC. Like, we've got, yeah, an incredible crew of uh, lunatics and bounty hunters. And... um I just remember coming over, like, briefly for, like, 24-hour period, crashing wherever you crash, your couch at the time. I remember staying above, I want to say, Finn's?
1: Yeah, that Is was- that a no. restaurant? That's yeah. a place yeah, that has- Up in the beehive uh, up there. Up in the, up up in the thing. Yep. yep. Which, actually, that was Rich's first job on Block Island. Was it really?
0: Yeah. And my first- Living on my own for the first time, I lived in those rooms up there, dude. Oh my god, yeah, it's yeah. Incredible. You may have been there. Wait a minute, I did meet you. Holy, no. <laughs> gosh, you. it's like you're the one,
2: the brand. <laughs> that explains how we all ended up with that brand. It, it yes. just you know,
1: mm-hmm. we did kind of do a little bit of partying back in the day. Yeah, a, little a little bit, so it is a little hazy. Yeah, it's a little hazy. But anyways, so so you come out to Block Island. You've been coming out every at least once a year, at least yeah. once a summer.
2: Yeah, I, I try to come out for a couple of days every summer. The the ton of time gets longer and longer. I get a little more you know uh, efficient at my method of getting out here and how long I'm going to stay and where I stay. And um, I'm always fascinated by the island, though. It's just it's a fantastic. What in
1: experience. particular? What do you? Why do? You, what draws you to this place?
2: It's there's something here that it, it, to pinpoint it is is like a combination of. You know, Amity Island from Jaws, which, as you know, means friendship, um, meets <laughs> Twin Peaks, right? Which I don't know if that's friendship, but it, whatever it is, it's it's definitely uh, another interdimensional
0: type of experience. It's a good analogy. It's, yeah, it's unique. I mean, it's that's unique. for sure. It, you, I've never been yeah. anywhere else in the world. You you know where I've said, hey, this is just like home. Now you've you've refined
1: your methods in hmm. terms of visiting the island, and now we should we should mention we are recording this particular episode in. Uh, mid to late September, right? It's late mm-hmm. September at this point. Um and this is your first time visiting in the shoulder season, correct?
2: Yes. Now define shoulder season for me. Okay. I'm, but I'm sure that's what it is.
0: I would say, you know, it's it's basically uh what is it memorial day to the fourth of july is the shoulder season and then okay. labor day even now a week before labor day it quiets down a lot yeah and, nice like, up to columbus day is the shoulder season but mm. it's the shoulders have been getting broader so to speak I every got you. year. you know now we have a lot of people around i mean somebody just told me they rented a house out here for two weeks starting next week right you know, so people are really starting to discover how great block island is in october november yeah. you know right up to you know i remember when they used to board it up uh, labor day you yeah know, that, that was, oh yeah. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. And now you got the Christmas stroll and there's you know, there's tons of people around right through up to the holidays. Yep love it and I love so the season. how mm-hmm. are you finding your experience
1: here in september as opposed to say when you because you've come out on the fourth of july one I have, year yeah. i remember yeah usually I, I would come here either the fourth of july or even sometimes in later august sometime in august
2: yeah um before you know turns into chooch season and but basically during <laughs> during vacation <laughs> chooch um, season yeah we don't want to get too much into the chooch season uh time because that's a specific area now and i don't know if you have leafers out here i don't know if there's leafers there Nah, it's not like
0: okay. vermont so great much. i I don't have any idea what you people are talking. We about. have bird watchers, though. Yeah, we do. Okay,
1: those are fine. They're harmless. Actually, we are. I think we're yeah. smack dab in the middle of bird watching season, aren't
0: we, right now? Oh, uh, yeah. We could be. Yeah. I mean, I, like I don't. Watching. I didn't know that there was a I guess the migratory season is the bird watching season. Right. So it's probably starting now. Starting, I, guess. I would I'd think. be heading south now yeah. if I was a bird. I, in fact, I think I saw a red-breasted tit grouse the other
1: day.
2: Ooh. Oh, very nice. Oh, yeah, exotic. Yeah, I might have seen Beautiful two of those. Bird. Yeah, the um, co- but uh, it's a great time of the year for it, and I'm a huge ornithologist.
1: Right, you are. Aficionado. You, you do. You love nature, I birds. Like yeah. Love yeah, yeah. Good. Well, you're in the right place, man. Dang. So, but what do you think? Like, if you had to, I mean... Could you pick yeah. one like shoulder season versus peak summer coming out? Like It's tricky. Yeah. I, would, I would, like I said, it's like if we can mitigate some
2: kind of like, you know, find a, a common ground and mitigate some of the tourism and, and craziness, I don't mind the quiet. I don't. It's nice. I mean, there's it's a little nice. bit of, you know, um, the New England fall that just kind of seeps in and you can feel it in, yeah. your, in, your, in your bones and in, in, in your plums. Deep, deep, deep
0: down in your plums. Oh, my, yeah. Beautiful. My dream block island would be 12 September's. Oh. Oh, yeah. You know, you got. perfect weather for sleeping it's drier yes you know it's great i'm gonna see what i can do about that Mm -hmm. and no humidity that's the other
2: thing. No. And yes, it's a little chilly. There's that nice fall breeze that comes in, but no humidity.
0: Or maybe exactly. an anesthesiologist could just put me out from October to August. Like a forced hibernation? Yeah, like, of, a, like quick, a reverse hibernation. Yeah, I'll put on some weights. Oh, wait. Cryo. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm put ready this for guy cry. cryo.
1: In cryo. Yeah, yeah. With demolition, man. Carbonite. That be nice? maybe. Carbonite. him. Yeah. Maybe we should put him in yeah. carbonate. That's more apropos to our conversation. You and solo. Yeah. How yeah. old are you? I'm about 3,000 Septembers old now. Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <be> perfect. <laughs> exactly. Great. So now, when you come out, Maddie, where do you like to stay?
2: That's a good question. You know, I um I've, I've tried to mix it up a little bit and, and, and maneuver my game around a little at some of these places. Where but are you I'm, staying this week? I'm at the Spring House right now, which I, I love. It's fantastic. It's, okay. it's one of my faves. And um, I've, I've, for a while, I was staying at the Atlantic, which I love as well. I mean, yep. both of those places, that whole area, um, you know, afternoon tapas, the Adirondack chairs, the view, the animals, the camels, uh, just the craziness that goes on, the fun, the outdoor activities, um, you know, the sky at night, the yeah. sunsets, the yeah. lighting, just, oh, it's sexy. Yeah. Both of those places. That whole area up there is like Maddie Mickland. And the architecture, by the way, I just want to point out is fantastic. Like, it, I just get so excited about looking at it and capturing that kind of like, you know, uh, throwback to the heyday. Yeah. The Victorian, yeah, old Victorian, Victorian buildings. Yeah. And the porches. Yeah. Um, you know, in a normal year without, you know, a global pandemic taking place, yeah, right. they are. It is ideally, especially the tapas and the afternoon kind of cocktails, a nice mint julep out there looking at the ocean. Sure. You can't
0: beat it. I guess Block Island has one of the highest concentrations of these original buildings with this architecture from yeah. that period still standing that were renovated and maintained. Yep. You know, everywhere rush you go, you'll find one building like that or two. But, they, yeah. you know, I watched a documentary. Yeah, the histori-
1: <laughs> I watched this yeah, morning. I
0: Wikipedia. I saw this a YouTube morning. video. Do a podcast. Yeah. I better learn about Block Island. I guess.
1: <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and uh, you're also now, besides being, uh, I mean, you've, you wear so many hats. One of the things you are known as is a, a wine sportsman. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're a wine, a food, a food yeah. aficionado, yeah. right? Yeah. So, what are some of your favorite places to eat and drink out here? It's a great question.
2: Well, uh, I mean, obviously. Fresh seafood is, is just something that is just I can't get enough of it and, and Yeah. Well yeah. yeah. Uh you know, Scrab. the shrimp boat at Red Lobster in uh West Hills, California, uh particularly. Um no, I'm <laughs> kidding, I don't go to Red Lobster, but I do have an efficient uh kind of uh, aficionado per se for uh clams, bivalves, fresh shellfish, right. oysters. Okay. Uh, I mean I love where we went the other night, which was Winfields, is a fun place. That was place yeah, was great. Great, great, great meal there. there. Yeah, um, drinking. I come to Captain Nick's. There you a go. Couple cocktails. There's no place better than that. On the entire island,
1: yeah, wasn't one night like our sh- we uh, took our shirts off? We were covered in glitter, yeah. like like throwing a like a log around or something. I don't yeah, know. it was
2: a large log, very hard heavy. Log, yeah, it was very, very hard. hard. It yeah. was very hard. I
1: remember also we had shirts made of glitter. We did. They we literally yeah. They resembled yeah. like a shimmel shirt almost, but it was just solid glitter. Right, which is probably something you shouldn't be wearing if you're trying to pick up ladies yeah. at a bar don't wear a shimmel shirt
0: no it's so hard to get the glitter out of your bed yeah it is you, you know mm-hmm. i would get in big trouble for that yeah in and other times. places and i'd say that to people and they would think i was talking about a stripper but right. i'm like no 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 you, know, you get dusted just the hazard of the job and are we allowed to here. discuss the secret of the red glitter oh. like certain colors i don't know about Please. this you don't know anything about that I, I mean i probably you should might be letting a cat out of the bag here. let it out let it out the red glitter glitter means you are, you're misbehaving. So that was like a they would naughty, tag naughty. you with the. So if you want to get glittered, you gas to be glittered, and the bartender will glitter you. with yes, a, With right. a you know a nice breath of glitter blown on your face. Good. If you get hit with the red glitter, it's not necessarily a good thing. Right. Oh, yeah. It's like a yeah. It's, it's like you've been marked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Like when that guy would come back to the door, and be like. <laughs> You're like, yeah, oh, I oh see. My you got yeah. the red glitter. You Maybe the, you'd like you
1: get, to go to the beach and sleep it yeah. off, sir. Maybe yeah. you should
0: take your devil dust and head out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <You're> devil
1: dust. <laughs> All right. So back to bivalves, Matt. Oh, you are an insane so yeah. bivalve aficionado. Eat more bivalves than any man's ever seen. What, what? I mean, what? What is it that just draws you to this particular? seafood delicacy. I think, you know, it's just the brine. Ugh. A little bit of salt, a little yeah. bit of
2: brine, and it's, it's enhanced even in further by looking at the ocean, by a visual confirmation of where they came from. Aha. Now, how do you find the seafood here on Block Island compared to uh, California? So it's, oh, it's amazing. I mean, it's a different kind. I um, I mean, I'll be completely honest with you. I wouldn't exactly. I can't speak to the sushi out here in California. We have some of the best sushi I've ever had in my life. I have my standard go tos out there. Um, but out here, it's about the shellfish game, and you can't right. get that anywhere in the world. I've even had it shipped out to California. Wow. You know, and those things are ornery when yeah. you get them out of the box, little dry ice, and they're yeah. crawling all over the place. They're you are pissed off. Yeah, they're pissed off. You they're, gotta, you gotta really kind of uh, suave them and get, get them into the. You, you know, gotta tame them. them.
1: You have to tame like, them. Berate them yeah, sometimes. sometimes you know if if that's yeah, what it takes sometimes you get a smarmy little oyster yeah. coming at you right. with like a butt talking a bunch of double talking jive a lot of
2: double talking jive luckily yeah. they're thick-skinned
1: yeah that's all i'll say true oh good one Thank now you. and you're not only you don't limit your um your your uh seafood eating habits to bivalves. Oh. As, as, as I understand, yeah. you're also quite the crustacean yeah. yes. guy yes. as well. Crustacean,
2: uh-huh. uh, just fresh fish in general. Yeah. You like soft-shell crabs? Yes, oh, I, I like those.
0: soft-shell crabs. I like soft-shell clams. Um, well, that's a, that was whatever. a quick question back to the bivalves. So there are so many... Ways by by valves can be prepared. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you have a favorite? I mean, you got your fried whole bellies, you got oh, yeah. your steam oh, little God. necks. Oh, you got a. Yeah. Do you like raw bar too? i yep. mean you, you were, yep. So what? You, yep. Your last meal, facing the electric oh, chair. Yeah. You can have any kind of shellfish prepared any way you want. What would you go with? I, can I? Can I do some kind of a sampler? No. Platter? No. Shit. No. Then maybe I got to go with fried
1: whole bellies. <laughs> nice. Good call. Decadent,
2: <laughs> juicy. Good call.
1: Yeah. Oh, just giant. Just shove them in your face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let the. Grease right. and butter right. drip down your mouth. You, you
2: put a clam bag on, which you guys used to have. Uh, I think yes. you just strap it to your head, fill it with bivalves, walk around and eat. Oh, it's, it's, called, oh,
1: it's,
0: it's called the Block Island clam right. bag. Yes, Block clam It was invented out here, yeah. actually. Yeah, that's yeah. the yeah. gastrointestinals going too, doesn't it? It really the, does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. down yeah. in the plums, yeah. mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. deep down. Mm-hmm. That's deep, right. Now,
1: as a guy coming from Los Angeles, with which has basically anything you could want at any time for the you know conveniences, whatever creature comforts. Uh, coming to Block Island, do you have any pet peeves about the island? Anything mm. that you're kind of like, ah, God.
0: Hmm, this do. place
1: would be better if or, okay.
2: yeah you know. I'm, yeah, I'll put a positive spin on some of these things. I mean, look, it, everything is fantastic. This place would be better if um, some of the bathrooms had more counter space, let's say. And I'm not speaking to any of the places that I'm currently staying at. But like I said, I've stayed around the island. Uh, it's not my first rodeo here uh counter space is nice i don't like trying to watch my uh cell phone fight my toothpaste
0: you know just for oh i was centimeter. confused i thought you were talking public restrooms i was starting to wonder why no why no yeah, yeah. well
1: we have I showered in a couple of those okay but great I mean, great right. in general usually um, in the sink yeah, yeah
2: in yeah. general you think okay. um also the locks on a lot of things don't entirely work very well sometimes a door doesn't lock sometimes a window doesn't lock and that's i guess fine but you know it's not ideal
0: sometimes yeah. i like some privacy i'm glad to uh, see you here in the off season oh thanks thank know, you know. I, yeah. I i said i don't yeah. know him i i've met him a few yeah, times yeah we've come I hung out, had we've to, hung out. To, i, I had to kick had. both of you out of the bar one time right you know i you know I like, and thank yeah. you for that yeah. by the way <laughs> well everybody thanked me but mm-hmm. um it's, do you feel, I got to go back to, I'm so happy here in the off season because you're getting to see, you know, something that a lot of people don't, it's like an eye opener. Do you feel that that's sort of a graduation thing? Like, you know, like the 4th of July is at a certain age where it's all about woohoo. And then you evolve and get more mature and learn to appreciate the Island more than just that crazy scene. That's I mean, a, a that, great question.
2: Yes. That's a great way okay. to put it. I hadn't even thought about that. I
0: mean, one of one
2: of the kind of the magical special times I have out here on the island is often the walks, whether they are early morning walk or a late evening walk, and the stars and even the weather i mean sometimes it 's like i 've seen a lot of blustery cold weather this week um and I love it it's fine it's yeah. you know we've had the heat in the summer and the and the humidity but um and the crowds and then the silence and the silence is particularly something to look forward to and there's just little things you find i mean the other day I think. You know, we had what we prefer, prefer to as like a, a perfect block island afternoon. You know, we saw the labyrinth and drove around the island. We went to Black Rock. We went to Black Rock and saw some rock walls. Well, back yeah. it
0: up. So where does the perfect day start?
2: Where do you, I, I, you get up in the morning yeah. and and- and easy easy out of the morning i don't just mean jump out of bed and and hit the wall running like a deer in headlights like i mean like you know um ease into it Ease into it. it, maybe a little brunch
1: right you're a big brunch guy
2: oh my god i love brunch brunch. i love brunch is my favorite meal of the evening and afternoon and morning yes it's amazing it covers all the bases really when you think
0: about it. nice big brunch awesome yeah so then brunch brunch and then brunch and then and wait um,
1: can i back up quickly before we leave brunch uh a question Mm -hmm. bloody mary's or mimosas
2: it's tricky, sometimes both, but I got to go bloody, yeah. especially with a nice bloody, like a nice accoutrements to it, and yeah. all sorts of, maybe shellfish in there. Ooh. Yeah. Some maybe cris- some meat. Some shrimp. Yeah. And Have oyster shrimp. on the
1: top, yes. floater, yes. Yes. an oyster yes. floater. Oh, my oh, man. God. Now we're right. talking. Yeah. Okay, so you do brunch, mm-hmm. and then what? Then what happens? Then I think it's time for a little physical activity, right? right. Just
2: enough, just enough, um, you know, go out, see the beach, you know, get some ocean, the okay. ocean calms you, it'll relax you, helps you ease into the afternoon, which you know is coming on strong. Right. And, uh, coming in hot. And coming you know in hot. I like, I like to go lighthouse hunting. I'm not going to lie. Do. I hunt lighthouses. I think we caught two the other day, um, which is fantastic. I'll yeah. take it. You that's, know what I mean? That's
0: the limit. Oh, yeah. it is? Okay. Yeah, okay. So oh, right. you we limit. Did it. Yeah. We've got
1: a two lighthouse limit that. out here. Yeah. Oh, I knew that. That's right.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: No, it's fantastic. And then, of course, figuring out where you're going to go for dinner. I mean, it's nice to like, do just a little stroll. The one great thing about the area of Block Island is you can walk everywhere. And so you're burning calories. You're getting some exercise, getting the blood pumping. You go. You have a glass of wine. You look at the ocean. You have a couple bivalves. You move on to the next place. Repeat. Yes. I right. love
0: I love apps. I love an oh, app yeah. here, an app there, an yes. app there. Boom! You, you know. got some of the best apps, and just you know, easily in this sector of New England. Because once I go steak or lobster, I'm done. That's it. Yeah. I'm all like, oh, we ran into that, that last you know, night had, at yeah. Winfield. Yeah. We we went too big on. De- I did anyway. Yes, I
2: just
1: pigged out last.
2: There's day. only so much lobster mac and cheese you can eat. Oh, the answer is the answer is favorite. a metric ton. Yeah. the answer is it your is. body weight by the
1: way <laughs> in case you're it's
2: a Keeping lot I, eventually you
0: put down the fork you just start like pushing them into your mouth with your finger to yeah, try to get yeah. more in there that's right the waiter helps sometimes your stomach saying mm-hmm. no but your your eyes say yes yeah and they yeah. do they have the best i think uh, you're talking about winfield yes yeah yes. hands down hands, down. There, yeah. hands down hands yeah. it's down it's yeah. so it's good
1: Shout really... out to burke the head chef mm-hmm. of burke, man. burke is the man yeah all right look again, we love having you on Block Island. We're we're we're, we're so glad that you you have a, a, a love for this place as you know and, and that it's it's spoken to you and it's become part of your life and your your routine. Um but let's get into you and, and what it is you do. And now now you're a writer. Yeah. You write television shows.
2: I, yeah well I, I, I've diversified. I write television, I wrote an indie movie, um animation, video games, shorts, streaming. Okay, well, oh, let's yes. start from a the writer. beginning.
1: Oh, yeah. What what right. made you want to become a writer in the oh, first place?
2: Good question. Um, I think it starts, I think, with a creative spark, and it's like as a child. I was always into movies and sci-fi and fantasy, and um, you know, even seeing Star Wars for the first time. Obviously, it kind yeah. of inspires you and in your your creative spirit. Um, and I'll be honest, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an astronaut, and I think that came from that same kind of like you know, spirit of adventure and wanting to tell stories and explore. Um, and then I realized that was just way too much work. <laughs> little, little, little did I know, and physically, I wasn't exactly up to speed for it. I don't think, but like, little did I know that you know, writing would probably be just as hard, if not more, competitive. Yeah. Um i can't speak to
1: so theater. what kind of creative endeavors were you involved in as a youth what did you do as a kid creatively oh. yeah we you know we got the, the the video camera
2: uh we got the vhs camcorder and made some movies i mean yeah. you were
1: there for that you're you're one of our stars here
0: thank you yeah. thank you yeah
2: co-producer co-writer and and director and star yeah. it would be nice yeah. if we could yeah.
0: find a little of that footage oh. well if only we had a little device with
2: some of that <laughs> footage available <laughs> oh.
0: mm. <laughs> what kind of an education background did you go for did Good you question. did you did you go into education, your education, knowing that you wanted to be a writer, or did you yeah. start? Wh- where did you start? How'd you, okay, you... great question. Yeah, no, I I wanted to be a writer, and I wanted to be well.
2: I wanted to I wanted to make, just create, right? And so directing, writing, but one of the things that you know, there's you have to understand there's a disconnect some in sometimes of like exactly how you want to get on that path. Where do you want to start? You don't just jump into it. And it's like if you want to be a great director and you want to create stories, you have to start with a good script. So you got to start way writing, right? You learn to write. So I started writing. I'd been reading, uh, love reading all the type. type of genre stories um, and then Uh, my parents particularly my mom pushed me to go to college and I did and uh, I ended up going to Emerson College in Boston which was great fantastic experience Um, and met some great people there all the same type of people networking people in your own industry everyone's struggling to kind of figure it out and um, one of the things that attracted me to Emerson was that they have a Los Angeles campus so they would essentially uh, help you if you can make the grade for a semester they will take you out there and babysit you for a semester and teach you the ropes of this crazy city and that's what I did it was
0: a fantastic experience like a foreign exchange student in right. the country but yes. you get to go to a whole different oh that's pretty cool internship works and study. they have a, they have a film program there yeah they yeah. have
2: a massive film program now the program when I was there to date myself um was extremely small uh, and now it's blown up into this huge like you know campus that they have out there so
1: what was your what was your first time living in la like as a, as a I mean during college you went out for a semester so yeah. how, did you, how did you find la was it overwhelming was oh. it did you did you love did you
2: okay well okay so the day i was supposed to leave there was a massive snowstorm on the east coast that shut down all air travel i was able to get out the next day but that was the day of the fabled northridge earthquake oh yeah. So I arrived hmm. on the day of like, ra- I arrived like a, actually a day after the earthquake. And I arrived at LAX with Air Force One on the tarmac because the president was there visiting LA. Um, and I arrived to complete chaos. Like there was Ugh. damage at the Oakwoods where I was staying. The freeways were shut down. There was a section of one of the freeways that had collapsed. Everybody was on surface streets. I've never seen traffic like that in my entire life. I had a rental car um it was chaos it,
1: which it usually is when you show up right. anywhere yeah anyways
2: in general when <laughs> I, I arrive speak, even on the it, islands yeah
1: here i mean did you uh, wh- why do you think we're having all this wind do you find that a little yeah. odd that like we're having this unseasonably blustery week when you happen to be here maybe there's a storm rolling yeah, it, There is, and his name's maddie mick That's right. where
0: are you going to be next week i just want to yeah <laughs> <laughs> wanna make sure we're <laughs> Look, not the on the same truth flight. is i'm not sure oh excellent
1: somewhere unknown mm-hmm. so you get to la you spend a semester there you come yeah. back east for a little bit yes and then you make the decision yeah i'm gonna go for it that's right i'm moving to la yeah. chase the dream go after it talk to us about that a oh. little bit so so what you go to la mm-hmm. and what, what what were some of your first jobs in the entertainment industry
2: oh it's a great question um i think one thing it was almost like a rite of passage in the day i mean first you crash on your friend's couch right for however long ideally not longer than a week or two um and then you start as back in the day you start as, as as like a production assistant or like runner so basically you would use your own car you'd get like 25 cents a mile you'd you know burn all the miles on your car you'd run around risking life and limb to do whatever whether it's getting coffee or laundry or payroll or lunch or sandwiches um and just go around and, and, and do your running basically for them and then you know if you're lucky you graduate I graduated up to like a production coordinator position on um some small time like independent productions that were being made and then strangely um that was a lot of like hard work like those production people like god bless them I give them a ton of credit for what they have to do and I saw the um casting department that was doing a lot
0: of the casting how was your adjustment though I, so i even know i have friends who are you know successful in the industry and they They, I've had friends that moved out there from Boston to New York and then moved back. They just said, you know, it it just was such a different world. I've never been, and I've I've been invited and et cetera, but. come on out. I see, there it is again. You got invited again. Yeah. But. uh, We're we're coming. Don't worry. I mean. I know you are. What is the, like, what's a giant difference between, you know, New England, New York and LA? Like it just. Mm -hmm. They they basically told me it's like a different world, like completely different world.
2: Well, especially now. I mean, I've watched LA change over the years, and um, it was a different world when I was back there. And even like sometimes when I talk to young students or, or some of the some of the kids we've got coming out now for Emerson, it's a different world than it was when I was in college. And and it's like, especially if, you know, you look at all the things going on right now between the fires and the riots, and uh, it's fine. And the, the pandemic, and then um, the industry took it with all the
0: scandalous. Right. We don't yes. want to go into detail on that, but yes, that changed. The,
2: industry goes through fluxes there's a you know whatever's in the zeitgeist and and it's affected by all sorts
1: of uh you know external and technology i mean like screen being like a screenwriter like everyone wanted used to want to just write features and and act in features and now it's television is the new medium that is the you know leading the charge in content and and you know giving writers like yourself the ability to uh put stuff out there really
2: well, that was that was the biggest change. That's a great point. It's like and I meet a lot of younger screenwriters, and they're still you know, you know trying to write the great American screenplay. Weren't we all? Right. And as fate would have it, I mean, there was a there was a buying spree back in the '90s of like you know just throwing money at screenplays, um, and that sort of dried up in like you know late '90s, and and eventually it morphed into television. We re- arrived at like this third or fourth golden age of television, which we're seeing now, still extending, and now it's into streaming and digital content. And so I, I tell young writers, I'm like, don't limit yourself to the medium because you have a story to tell figure out a way to tell that story. You know, there will be a way to tell it. You know, even if it's something that you can't physically make or produce, write a short story, write fiction, do a podcast, put it in a podcast yep. and you'll
1: sell it. Yep. If it's a
2: great idea, yep. hopefully it'll transcend into, you know, whatever the medium that's appropriate for it.
1: And how did you, and where were you at in in the casting department and what? Casting How did great. this all work? I look.
2: I've been very fortunate to to be have say almost everybody I've worked with in in my span of a couple of decades has been fantastic. I've I've loved all of my bosses. I've loved all the people I work. All my coworkers. Just the energy. I think you know you give the energy the energy comes back to you and that's what because there's a lot of horror stories in LA a lot of, yeah. lot of people that you know you don't want to work for a lot of jobs you don't want to have but I think if if you can kind of give out it'll come back and casting was a blast it was incredible I worked with some of the you know biggest names in the business. and where
1: were you a, in casting what who did you an work? assistant I was a casting assistant but where and with people. with which
2: well I started um working on a on a show called the Lazarus man for like TNT working with like um Sharon Bialy and Allison Kohler and they were fantastic and Sharon Bialy is now what, yeah the big Biggest casting agent in Hollywood, pretty much. Yeah, incredible. Director, casting director. Yep.
1: Um, And this was at Fox, correct?
2: Well, no, then I ended up over at Fox. That actually, those jobs uh, ended up helping me uh, graduate over to the Fox feature casting department, where I worked for like Christian Kaplan and Donna Isaacson, and and again, some of the top people in the biz, and that was just a blast. I mean, that was insane.
1: Do you have any... And if you can't tell us, that's fine, but Mm -hmm. do you have any stories about casting any any good stories about you know certain actors or actresses that came in that were just like memorable it doesn't have to be scandalous or anything or just it could be positive too so maybe
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: i'll tell you one thing i'll tell you one
2: interesting thing is um one, one of the things i i was i was involved in a couple of different things i'll just tell you without getting into kind of the stories but i was involved in a couple of different projects that were notably um we cast jenny mccarthy's replacement on singled out carmen electra She's great it's hilarious. That was a lot of fun. Cool. Um ended up casting Hugh Jackman as Wolverine in the original X-Men after oh. we had an actor fall out in a last minute kind of like rush to like find freaking Wolverine in this movie. Fantastic. Worked on Fight Club. Oversaw we oversaw the casting for a lot of the Fox features at the at the at the end of the 90s early 2000s and um it's great.
0: Do they wow. do they get a little weird when they know that they weren't the first choice? interesting like i i i have so many questions that i don't want to go down that road but you know i act and i go to auditions and you know i wondered about that like i i didn't i almost don't want to know i don't want them to say you know we decided to have you back because we did decide you were better not because barry over in accounting couldn't make it this week so we we had a. (laughs) and
2: by (laughs) the way barry's fantastic the way he plays an
0: accountant he really he studies his great
2: chops great chops calculator Magnifying glass. I mean, <laughs> <Seems> you know,
0: <laughs> my all right. My one question as an actor: I feel that you get your four or five candidates that are suitable for the role. I'm not going to say great actors, whatever they they can do the job. Does the personality off camera come into play, like the the ability, the easiness to work with that person? Because right. I, I felt sometimes I I wasn't as attractive as someone else, or maybe I didn't feel I was the best fit for the role. But I feel like I almost got it because they just liked. They so said this guy's gonna be easy to have on set. He's no problem. He's gonna be a you know. He's, yeah, he's you're a, not gonna be a. a he's pre-Madonna. a friendly guy. Yeah, you yeah. know whatever. I hold this, okay. You know like, I kind of care. Yeah. You know, and I feel that sometimes that helps. I mean, do you think? Yeah. The off-camera personality of an actor plays into a little bit of the decision-making?
2: I, I think so. I can tell you uh, that I know from experience that it plays into a decision-making in hiring a writer, which is not entirely dissimilar, right? Yep. You go in for an interview. You meet with a showrunner. They make a decision. You're up against people. You're being competed against. Um, sometimes those those bosses are your friends. Sometimes you don't know them. Sometimes you're competing against your friends like an actor would. And personality, is, is this somebody I want to work with? You know, with the actors, it's interesting, too, because, you know, there is a certain uh, value to them, especially in social media, in the days of social media. So one thing I've noticed recently, which is strange, is that, you know, they may make a decision based on the number of Instagram followers, you know, based on the social media score. Wow. Which, luckily, I don't think, as far as I know, we don't have in writing, but...
1: So, yeah, yeah. Well, your Instagram's amazing. Uh, well, thank you. I mean, you know, great. I, I mean, it's mostly Instagram pictures of here, clams but... and shrimp and, and yeah. whole bellies. But yeah, uh, it's, yeah. It's and the Olsen twins yeah. and no, the Olsen not. twins. Yeah. Just clams. And he bullies. took those down. I did. Oh, good. Um, so, so you're in casting at Fox, mm-hmm. and uh, now you're still you're you're writing. You're you're continuing yeah. to write, refine your craft, working yeah. on it, dialing it in, and uh, and then how do you become a? When do you make the leap? from casting to becoming a writer. And what's, explain that process and what happened.
2: A couple of things that were very interesting at that time was that I was uh, in in the position where I basically had my day job, which was working and casting. And I wasn't, it wasn't like I was going to do that for a living. I knew that that was just a day job. And like everyone who has a day job that wants to write, they try to write at night and on the weekends. And um, so that's what I was doing. And and I was learning, but I was learning the agency business, which is interesting because I was learning who the players were, who the studio executives were, who the assistants were, and how the whole machine works business-wise, because that's part of being an artist, whether you're an actor, a writer, a director, producer, whatever you want to be, um, you have to know the business to some degree. You can't just be completely going in blind thinking, oh, I'm amazing. You know, right. I mean unless you
1: really are. <laughs> well, unless you're Brando or it's like, true,
2: but know. but the one thing I found is that everyone thinks like, okay, I've got this screenplay idea. I've been working on it for decades and it's about um, it's about You know Octopus metal drones That attack from the sky And they rip (laughs) people's heads off And then you you spend like You know 10 years writing this thing It's your blood And you put your blood Sweat and tears in it And then you go out there And and, and you give it to like An agent or or director And they're like Oh we just read one of these This morning (laughs) This year the 10th Metal octopus drone Ripping people's heads off Drama that we've read In the last 24 hours Or they
0: flip through it real quick And go What else do you got And you're like Uh That's right (laughs) Do you want more than one? Right, that's <laughs> like, exactly uh, right.
2: Like, give me another ten years, and I'll, I'll give you another script. <laughs> yeah. um So, but so with the revelation that I had in the midst of like kind of getting collecting this knowledge, um, and again grateful to the people that I worked with for helping me attain that, um, somebody just said to me out of the blue, uh, you know, why don't you get a job as a writer's assistant now? Seems like common sense, but right. you know some of us need a sledgehammer hit over the head. You know, uh, <laughs>
1: like you know,
2: Roadrunner yeah. and Wiley Coyote, and it was like, boom. Okay, that's not a bad
1: idea. And so, did you? You became a writer's assistant. Yes. So and- then it was yes,
2: and then in the, that person who gave me that advice, by the way, was worked at a temp agency, um, which staffed the the studio. So they were they knew, and that was the person you take out to lunch, you take out to cocktails, and you're like, okay what do you got? You know, and it's like, thank you. And, and it's like, I appreciate it. And then one day, you know, I worked a number of jobs. I left casting, worked a number of interesting positions. That's a separate story. Um, and uh, they ended up hooking me up one day. They were like, we have a position working for a, uh, a brilliant writer, producer named Howard Gordon, who had just come off the X-Files and was working on the Buffy the Vampire series and, and, and Angel and developing. I uh, had a deal at Fox and I was already a fan. And I was like, oh, my God, what, are, what do you need me to do? Cash envelopes? What can I send over? Yeah. Let me send over a fruit what basket. Yeah. Lobster, you know I mean?
1: lobster platter, bivalve platter, whatever bivalve you Bivalve
2: platter, uh,
1: edible arrangements, whatever yes. you want. So you get the gig with Howard.
2: I end up, up going over there and, and getting the gig, and in fact, his assistant was leaving, and um, his assistant, who's a great friend of mine and another brilliant writer, was going off because he had actually learned to. He followed this method, so he was a couple years ahead of me in that step, and he was going off to write for James Cameron on Dark Angel. Oh wow! And um, he's like, "Listen, if you hit it off with Howard, it's like this job could turn into a permanent position." And and I met
1: Howard, and we hit it off, and he's. Just, you know, and like, what was oh, Howard oh, working I'm on? What guy. was his uh, What was his project that that you were involved in? That
2: at the time he was in development on a number of pilots for fox one of them was like a a, a comedy uh, i'm sorry it was like a drama comedy based on a, a, a graphic novel i believe i'm not sure of the exact project but um and he was wrapping up uh working on angel okay for joss whedon and um and we ended up we ended up working together and uh did some development and then his project his pilot and i was the assistant to the executive producer and was my title. And his project didn't end up going. It didn't get picked up. Um, however, literally it was like, they, they, you know, it's was, was like, you know, in May they make these decisions, like the upfronts and they sell, they figure out what's going to be on their schedule and their fall schedule. And it, in 24 hours, it didn't get picked up and then we ended up going on to another show that they that did get picked up that they put us on and that became a show called 24. And that was uh, at the start of it.
0: That was Yes. Had, that was the-
2: that was like they had shot the pilot but they were starting with the next episode immediately like they shot the pilot the pilot got picked up and the pilot was being shifted around too, because we had, again, not to date myself, we had nine eleven right at that time. And so this was a show that like struck right in the heart of like the zeitgeist and Jack Bauer became an American hero in the subsequent years. And like people rallied behind the show, um, you know, from all political parties. And, you know, it was a bit of a lightning rod for a while, but yeah, it was a show about terrorism in the post nine eleven kind
0: of environment. Did you stay on that show for the the whole way all seasons well no
2: um so then i ended up i started out as the writer's assistant and between howard and joel cerno one of the creators of the show they mentored me they became my mentors and taught me how to write television learned everything about writing television from those guys reading their scripts talking to them telling their stories um and uh i ended up writing a, a spec pilot which was very hot at the time. You write some material and gave it to them. And they made me the staff writer
0: for season four on the show. So in this timeline, was that the biggest break? Like it seems to me like you yeah. you, you did you That was with, the break with due diligence that was, you, you That was the break. You, you took advantage of all the breaks along the way though. Right. You you put yourself in there, you worked hard, and little by little you had this break, that break, that break, but that was the one. That yep. was the So you get on the, the writing step. step. now
1: you're writing. Yeah. Now you're working. Now you're right, in the give me an office. So you're in the writer's room now yeah. with all these different people. What's it what's hard. it like being in the oh, writeies, writer, writer's room? It was hard.
2: Was a scary writers' room. Was these it? guys are these guys are 20, 30 years my senior. They'd written on everything. Miami Vice. Uh, they worked with you know uh, everyone from Michael Mann to David Milch. Oh you know, God. incredible. Like, How do you then, navigate that? And the show's an Emmy winner. The show's like getting nominated for Emmys and insanity. No pressure. And do they the look at no you pressure. as a
0: potential replacement for them? Or you think that's well? Part of it? Like, I don't know. I mean, pff, yeah, that I mean, would I'd be happen, nervous, but you know,
2: I, they were more like 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 all right, just sit in here, listen, shut up, and write things down. Come up with an idea, and you know, knock it out of the park.
0: And what do you what do you do? So everybody writes ideas, and you start throwing them out there. And
2: yeah, I mean, you know, in, in in we we had a very untraditional writers' room too, because of the nature of the show and the serialized nature. So we'd have people that were off, kind of writing their scripts, and then that we were going to shoot, and we'd shoot them back to back, two two at a time, like a feature, many features basically. And then we would have a group in the writers' room developing the next set, and then we'd have some guys who were in post, some guys were on set, and we had a large staff, and there was like nine people on that staff, and um. Yeah, it was it was crazy. I mean, just and we'd have technical advisors in there telling us all about all sorts of nutty stuff that we were hoping we would never
1: see on the news because it was a scary time. You meet someone, oh yeah, through your connections there yeah. who changes the trajectory yeah, another, of your life and right. career again. Yes. And and can you tell us about that?
2: I can. Yeah. That was another major major event that happened. Um we have on twenty four, we had, you know, we had uh, craft service, which would serve, uh, you know, lunch and dinner and breakfast to the crew while they were shooting. But sometimes the writers were on a different schedule. so we had a separate writers' room that we would try to eat at a standard time um, around lunchtime every day. And um, there's a line we just family style, and the writers and the assistants and the office people go in there and have lunch. And I'm in there having lunch. And now I am a huge, I'm just a complete like genre nerd, so it's like Star Wars. You know, Lord of the Rings. Um, you know, love fantasy yes. and, and science fiction. I mean, you're and a horror. nerd. Basically, I'm a nerd. You're I'm a, a total huge, nerd. huge nerd. Right? Yes. And um and I go in there and I know my I know my nerdology and I can identify you know the players behind it, and um and so there's you know there's there's our editor and uh, and there's you know one of the one of the other guys who's in there working on post and then in front of them is a man named Rick McCallum who produced the Star Wars prequel series and the Young and Dan Jones series for George Lucas. Worked at Lucasfilm. Got the Star Wars when he was made for George, and um. And I'm, I kind of did a double take, and nobody can recognize, nobody knows who this guy is. And I grabbed Joel, and I'm like, uh, Joel, uh, like, did I kind of shake my head like, is that, is that, is, is that Rick McGowan? And he's like, Oh, yeah, yeah, Jerry Rick. He's like, here's your biggest fan. <laughs> and next thing you know, Rick and I are eating like ribs, you know, in, in, um, and like, and like, you know, grits in like my office, which is all Star Wars posters and nerd stuff and action figures and toys and, um, have like a two hour lunch with Rick McCallum, which is fantastic. And, uh, and it, it, you know, the conversation basically about everything writing and 24 and Star Wars and everything, which ends with a, uh, you know, basically. So how'd you like to come up to Skywalker ranch and meet George Lucas? And you said, no. I, I said, you're I like, like, yeah, I got a thing. Well, after after I fell and hit my head on the desk and they woke me up, <laughs> I woke up in the hospital bed with oxygen on and I said, uh,
1: yeah. And so you did? Yeah. And yeah. what happened? So you go up to Skywalker uh, Round. How old, are, well, you, how
0: old um, are you at this point? This was, uh, that's a really good question,
2: man. That's, I got, it's, I, well, 2008, 12 years. Maybe earlier, maybe two thousand seven. There was a couple of things that happened before I actually made it up to the ranch. Right, right. Um, I met. He just started me meeting people. I I met um, with him and um, and and a couple other people up there, and, and we started. You know, he knew I was a gamer too. I played video games, and um, I think we were playing like PlayStation Two at the time. So whenever it was, maybe it was maybe fifteen years ago, and um, they had just started sort of developing Star Wars: The Clone Wars as a series, and also um, like the like the. The prequel trilogy movies had just completed, right? 2005, 2006, let's say. And they were doing another version of Battlefront, like back in the old PlayStation 2 Battlefront, I think, or Xbox 360 mm-hmm. or something. And um, they gave me a shot at, like, first writing for some of the games up at LucasArts. They had LucasArts in, in the Bay, where, you know, up where ILM is and Lucas Home Proper. And um, so I wrote a version of, uh, like, Battlefront 3 way back that was never really produced. It was made into, like, a... I think PSP, PlayStation Portable game or something. I right? played it. Yeah, it was a, it was a little version of yeah. that. And, um, and, and, and I ended up working, ironically, I worked with a bunch of guys um, on the, on those projects that are still there. So we've had you know this like 12, 13-year relationship of still working with these guys making Star Wars games in addition to some of the content. Um, and then we worked on a bunch of games that never got made, um, like 1313 and like a couple other little things that we were working on um, that were going to be epic. Um, but in the middle of that, they um they had me interview for a job on on Star Wars: The Clone Wars, which was I think starting its third season by wow. the way, which is really so.
1: What what was it like the first time you met George Lucas? Was it uh was it were you terrified? Were you excited a terrified. little bit? Everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, and it was an interesting group too because we we had gone up there. Um, to the Skywalker ranch for like two weeks at a time, including a weekend. And we were staying there. I mean, you brought your suitcase, you stay at the inn. And then um, the whole staff was a brand new writing staff wow. on those seasons. And we would go into the room, terrified or would sit down, you know, and you're surrounded by this amazing artwork and it's just amazing environment.
1: Yeah. Can you <sighs> talk about what Skywalker uh, ranch is like a little uh, bit? Cause not everybody yeah. can just walk on the Skywalker ranch and check it out. No, right.
2: No, I don't think anyone can. No actually. one can. It's, yeah. You have to be invited. Um, but it, I mean, it, you know, it's, it's, I mean, look, it's the Playboy Mansion for nerds, right? It's, <laughs> yeah, it's this yep. iconic, it's this iconic kind yeah. of like you know, uh, yeah. you know, a paradise. Put your lightsaber away, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, no, and, and a great, I kind of a great antidote for it is as like we um. I was working up there, you know, and, and it's like just the artwork that he's got, it's just amazing, just creatively. I mean, there's a smell to it, you know. There's 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 deer and there's you know uh, stars in the night sky, and he's got his own cattle and his organic farming, and it's just and the people are so nice. They have their own fire department. They're just the the the, the greatest group of
1: people up there, and um and the. The the rooms that you are yeah. put up in yeah. are all themed. Yeah, correct. Over. Uh, yeah, after certain influences. Oh, well, I mean, so cool. Yes. Yeah. yeah
2: I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't say theme. It makes you think of kind of like you know some of the other weirder hotels. Are yeah. Like no. The not K like room, not but, like the movie yes. room or the jungle room. <laughs> right. But no. Like, but yeah. But like, yeah, you, like the Frank Lloyd Wright room. You told
1: me about the, yeah, in the Norman Rockwell. The Norman Rockwell room. Right, yeah. and you walk in, and there are original pieces yeah. of art from Norman Rockwell or original pieces of
0: furniture from yeah. Frank Lloyd Wright right. in
1: the room that you're staying yeah. in. Yeah,
0: Wow, so yeah. that's got to be very and inspirational. It. it was incredible. We have that, to, that sounds like one of the coolest things I've ever heard. That's well, really cool.
2: One thing that happened, which is amazing, I'll never forget it, was um into this, like, being terrified, and George Lucas walks in, um. And he's a great guy. And it just turns out, he's just like, you know, it's like, you just have this connection. He's just, he's, you know, it's like, you're like, what, what's going on? I'm standing across from George Lucas right now. And it's like, nicest guy, fantastic. And I just remember at one point, I'm standing there at like the board because we have a giant dry erase board that we're breaking story on. And, and, and I look over and there's George Lucas standing right next to me and here's the board and here's the writer's room and all this amazing art. And then there's like this giant window that overlooks the valley and the sun is just coming through at the right angle. And like, I just sort of like spaced out and like kind of stared (laughs) off into it like a pinch me moment. And as I did this freaking like deer, like runs out right into like my line of sight and, stops and i swear to god we made like eye contact for a second and this deer is like you know a 100 yards away and, like outside in the field and there's the vineyard out there and it's like and the sun coming at me and i just hear rawr, rawr, rawr. <laughs> and i turn around and it's like george and he's waiting on me to like write on the board you know what i mean <laughs> snap to pay attention and you're like spaced out, I spaced and, out. and like what, out. what did the,
1: the what did the deer say to you
2: the deer <laughs> said uh keep up the good work buddy in kind of like a Brooklyn accent, like hey pal, yeah, hey, not bad. Hey, doing good. Hey, dude. Yeah, yeah you're you're yeah.
0: you're you're not just writing on a TV show now. I mean, you're writing to a world. Yeah, we're well, creating a world. It's a world there. Yeah. Like I, I, I got a question later about that and when you run into people and but I mean, there are fanatics really about mm-hmm. that. And I mean, you're there are people that are going to change the way they view the whole Star Wars world based on what you're about to do. I mean, that that's got to be incredible pressure too. At the yeah. same time. Yeah, I mean, if, you know, it, it is.
2: I mean, the, the biggest pressure, I think, is just you're, you're, you know, you're playing in George Lucas's world and, and taking some of the toys
1: that he gives you to try to make a story out of, which is, you know. But you could be altering Comic-Con.
0: You know what I mean? <laughs> See, I don't
1: want that. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Comic Con, you actually end up at one point yeah. being on a panel for Comic Con. Yeah, we did a couple panels at Comic Con. Right? See, I fun. told yeah. you. I didn't know yeah. that. I told you. Oh you didn't? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so it's you great. get on you get on these panels, and obviously Star Wars fans are rabid, right? Yeah. They're like they They're great. I mean, they know everything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They're they're intense. Yeah. So can be. Have you have you had any what some interesting that's, fan interaction?
0: That's why my question is like When do you know? Like, how many sentences into the conversation do you know i gotta get away i gotta be careful here you know like i you know, like, like you know, zero like, like it's nowhere it's nowhere near the world of yours but like at that door when you're working with the public i mean you know within the first two sentences whether you got to immediately try to be like oh god like put up your shield
2: maybe you know? i mean I've had, we've had pretty good experiences so i again i wish i could give you some some dirt but i, I, it's I don't like, even mean
0: a comic-con though. i mean just out in the general public i yeah. mean when you divulge what you do and that you've been immersed in that world i mean I mean, do some people just go deer in the headlights and, you know. Or, or total fanboy on yeah. you and freak out. Like, that's Sometimes. what I mean. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, pretty much everyone I've everyone dealt with has been pretty good and pretty respectful.
2: Um, and, and they, they, you know, they love it. and It's part of their life. And hopefully, right. if we're doing our job properly, we're not just entertaining them, we're inspiring them. Giving them something to look forward to, trying to
1: have a positive message, because that's the messages that we were given as children when George Lucas made the George Lucas taught us, you know, there is this epic struggle. Ongoing between yeah. good and evil, which obviously we're I mm-hmm. think experiencing right now in our, our, our the, the history of our world, quite
0: frankly. But sometimes you got to step back and say which one's which. Part of me watches Star Wars at one age, and it's all yeah, the rebel, the rebellion, and the rebels and all that. And they get older, and I'm like, wait a minute, there's more going on. side's there. a little like America sometimes. sometimes. You know what sometimes. I mean? It's like a lot of history. It's, yeah, it's, and yeah. you know, depending on what age I watch it, then I watch it again ten years later. or- I'm not going to lie probably once a year yeah. <laughs> but you know I start to get a different perspective and you're like hmm maybe, yeah. you know it's like that quote maybe they were right you know mm-hmm. and it's like who knows Yeah. hopefully
2: I mean really... I don't, teaching might be too strong a word but I, I think definitely inspire them to be you know give people hope and, and wonder a sense of wonder and optimism so that especially when we go through I mean whether it's you know 2020 or whether it's 1990 or whether it's going to be 2040 there's going to be years you know that are going to be more difficult than others and more challenging and hopefully people rise to those things and remain optimistic and find you know the the joy in life and they don't get bogged down with everything being so heavy and so dark you yeah know? What,
0: what what's your favorite feature of the star wars
2: of oh, the star wars movies
0: well i gotta go with the, either
2: star wars episode four or episode five empire strikes back
0: uh, Got oh be yeah. I, and i don't know if this counts but i loved uh rogue one you did, yeah. Yeah, Rogue One's great. Rogue One not, was yeah. awesome. And yeah. then again, though, that may not have been my favorite when I was a teenager, but yeah. I felt that was the there was a little more. It was a little more grown up. Yeah, it was geared more towards. Yeah, I you know, think of all the standalones, that that was just, and that yeah, uh, and awesome. the aha when the when the envelope gets passed through the right. door. Yes. I, I was just fantastic. like, oh yeah, melted. You know, <laughs> so yeah, the whole yeah. the brain just blew out of my yeah. head. Yeah. So I guess yeah. everybody's going to know now that I'm a Star Wars geek. Yes. That's I can okay. tell by your shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <thanks. laughs>
1: Rich right. is wearing his Star Wars shirt. Oh, I would. Today. Well, of why wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, you yeah. have.
2: I mean, I have a special <laughs> drawer. I have a drawer full of my Star Wars shirts. I have a drawer full of my Iron Maiden concert t shirts. Yes, you I have and, every um, Star
0: yeah. Wars comic book ever made. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? You really? got the whole yeah. collection? Sure. Yeah, from back in oh, 76 bro. on up. Oh, all my in God. Plastic. Oh, yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. This guy's a yeah, I even have the jumbos. Sit Let's take them The Jumbos made these giant comic books. What? Like, Triple really? the size, yeah. Maybe we have to take a trip up to yeah uh, riches
1: you know. archives. Yeah, or at some point this <laughs> put together week.
2: some kind of photo presentation. Yeah, yeah. Oh.
1: yeah. So, incredible. all right. So, so now you're immersed in the Star Wars. I have world. a blue snaggletooth. You do. I yeah. It's seen an action it. figure, by the way. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you have the video game too. The original video. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, so you get uh, so you're on your Clone Wars Rebels. And uh, you just wrote the – I think it was – was it not the biggest video game release of last – of 2019? Yeah,
2: well, it it was the biggest Star Wars release. I don't think it was the biggest – video game release was huge, hugely successful game. Very Um, successful, yeah. Yeah, Star
1: Wars Jedi Fallen Order.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're not going to go
0: backwards, but it was a giant step up from the – you know, oh, it, it, it you. really went yeah. up. We really went up. In, Thanks. By, yeah. According to, you know. What is your, if you had like your
1: personal hope, where would you like to see the direction of the Star Wars universe go? Would you like to hmm. revisit the the classic characters like, you know, Darth Vader, you know, or is that, that's all done now pretty I, much? Or I mean, look, I the best story and is. And I know you can't give away any secrets. Nah. We're not asking you to do that. No. Nah. I just think. I am. Oh, wow. <laughs> is, this guy is. <laughs> hey, Rick, careful.
2: He's sneaky. Maybe He'll get it out of you. A, uh, I ain't lying. An issue of one of those exclusive ah, plastic wrap. Tra- oh, it's a
0: trade deal. I don't even I like see. you guys. It's I'm only tra- here for one reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Rich may look jolly, but he's really incredibly devious and conniving underneath <laughs> the uh, you know jolly old Santa Claus exterior. Um, so, so Darth it, Devious. Yes, Darth Devious. Over oh, here. I think Ooh. you've just been
0: named. Oh, there you go. I, thought I was going to say Darth Deviant. Ooh. Oh, that too. All right. Dark well, Deviant. Darth I get.
1: So anyways, in terms of the way, the direction of, of the universe, uh, whatever, do you, do you have any hopes for where you'd like to see it go? Or is I, it just kind of a nebulous thing that you just, you, you take it as a comment?
2: so far, I mean, it's a creative direction. My own personal, uh, I think, affection is for telling stories that we haven't seen. That's right. uh, what everybody would like to do, right? But um, right. in places we haven't seen them. So to get away from sort of- the I have one. Path.
1: I do have one last question. Wait, Hold does on.
2: anyone have any one last ooh, questions? Ooh, uh, ooh, Rich?
1: Ooh. Um, anything,
0: Ooh. anything? Oh. oh, you better call on uh, Okay. Mark.
1: Okay. <gasps> Mark. Yes. Uh, thank you, Matt. Um, you're a busy guy. You never stop working. That's the other thing about a no. writer. You're always working. Right. So is it safe to say, can we possibly assume, is it possible that some part of the <laughs> Star Wars mythology will have been written hmm. and conceived on hmm. Block Island? Just a small chunk of it. Perhaps. Hmm. Maybe. Hmm. Is it possible? Hmm. I'm not sure. Possibly. 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 If, if, can you do me a favor? Maybe. Are you going to tell me what it is first? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's i I'll tell you. Can I ask you a question? You just (laughs) did. Yeah. So uh, if, if, if you do, if you can Uh just try and keep like a mental note, I know your brain is a very uh, expansive and interesting place. Expansive. But um, if you can try and like maybe, you know, earmark some of what you're working on right now in terms of Star Wars. And uh, if any of it does make. Uh, mm-hmm. make it into uh, clone, a script a script can you maybe just let me know so I can let our listeners oh, know okay. at some point down the line? Maybe. Hey, yeah, that would be really I, cool if it comes out. I'd be like, hey, I wrote that
0: yeah. when I was staying at the Spring House. I was, Ooh, like, okay. I was, I was so bored during my That's interview, all. I came right. up with this during your podcast. I was, I made it up in my head while yeah. you guys were asking me questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, the, the the giant <laughs> clam... well, Darth Devious. Wait till you say that. So by the way, he talks. He thinks very fast. Darth Devious fast.
2: and <laughs> the giant clam creature uh, <laughs> yeah. known as the Balvooid. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, definitely was not inspired during my time uh <laughs> you know at the spring the, the rarely
1: seen tri-valve right yeah <laughs> the elusive oh my god please don't tease oh my god mm-hmm. well listen yeah.
0: maddie mick it's a
1: pleasure to have thanks for taking the time to talk to us Thank this has been a lot yeah, this of fun. Has been great oh,
0: really really great entertaining right. me for sure yes. i that was great
1: yeah Thank and you. if you're ever back out on block island visiting again which we know you will be yeah. uh you know
0: feel free to stop by anytime i may us. not leave okay well that's, that's what they all say. Yeah. I wonder. My last comment is: I wonder what if we could like graph your writing. I wonder where it would go right. come the end of February.
2: <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> May have you to know? leave.
0: Yeah, you know, I have a
2: feeling true.
1: there would, there would be I, like I an extended be, you know. episode about that was just all took place in the Creature Cantina <laughs> or something like that, which is yeah. kind of. We almost had that experience last yeah, I was night. Quite say. Quite yeah. Really. Yeah. We,
0: we, we won't make fun of you. know, no, we using, won't go Yeah, but there's certain. Establish There's a certain right. bar you would go in once in a while and you yeah. No droids. No droids allowed, yeah. Yeah. I'm You'll man. be dead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't like you. Listen man, thanks a lot. It's oh, been you. a blast. Yeah, thank you so and, much. Uh, all right. Yeah. All right, let's go uh, let's go have
0: a couple drinks. What do you think? That sounds like a wonderful idea.
1: Bloody marys and vit- bivalves on me for everybody. Yeah, oh, sounds right.
0: great. Cool. All right, well, uh, thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Don't forget, you can uh, email us with questions, ideas, uh, anything you want to say at twoguysonbi at gmail.com. And
1: don't forget to follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And please, wherever you listen to your podcasts, whether it's Apple, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, et cetera, et cetera, please go and subscribe to our podcast. And... uh, you know, we'll uh, catch up with you next time.
0: Yep, look forward to it. Alright, bye. In the
1: Bahamas, wearing pajamas, hours a day. Two guys on Block Island is recorded live at Captain Nick's Rock and Roll Bar. Music, courtesy of the booze beggars, all segments produced by Rich trethaway and Mark Scortino. See you next time, Cap.